You are listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today's talk comes from Laurie Vancura. Well, good morning. It's great to see you here this morning. And for those of you who are tuning in with us from home, uh, welcome. We are continuing today with our series called Glad You Asked. And we're doing so with a little bit of a more subjective question that we will be dealing with today regarding the presence of God. And I'm going to start today with a little survey. I know you guys just got to love surveys, but I want to have your audience participation this morning as we begin. So how many of you would say this morning as we worshiped together that you felt the presence of God? It's not a trick question. There's no right or wrong. But if you felt the presence of God during worship this morning, just raise your hand. Or you can nod at me if you're shy to raise your hand. Yeah, that is great. And for those of you who said yes to that question, how do you know? I mean, did you feel all tingly inside? Did you get the God goosies, you know, where the hair raises up on your arms or the back of your neck and you're just like all warm and fuzzy? Or were you overwhelmed with emotion Maybe even to the point of tears. I know I've had that happen in my life where God just comes into view, his magnificence and his holiness, and you can't help but be humbled and grateful. And so you're overwhelmed with emotion. Or maybe you felt peace. Perhaps you came in today feeling a bit chaotic or maybe even a little bit fearful. And then as we began to worship, God's peace just washed over you. But I want to take this just a step further and say, couldn't you also feel a little tingly if you're sitting next to someone kind of handsome or cute? (laughs) Or couldn't you also feel overwhelmed by emotion or maybe even cry when you're watching those cheesy Hallmark commercials? I know I do that. I have to confess. (laughs) Or maybe you feel peace when you're soaking in a hot bubble bath and you're listening to chill music. The point is, how do you differentiate between the two? How do you differentiate between your feelings and the presence of God? And let's just take this one step further and let me ask, for those of you who maybe didn't feel God's presence during worship this morning, why is that? I mean, whose fault is that that you didn't feel God's presence? Is it God's fault? I mean, is he holding out on you? Or is it your fault because maybe you're just not spiritual enough? Or maybe it's the worship team's fault. They just didn't sing the right songs in the right way this morning that made you feel God's presence. Or could it even be the church's fault? Maybe we're just not doing things right here, and so you didn't. What about those times when you really want to feel the presence of God, but you just don't? There's just nothing there. Does that mean that God's not present? Or to even follow that up, does it mean that God is not real? So those are the kind of ponderings that we are going to tackle together with the answer to this question of why does God feel far away? And so as we begin, would you just pray with me? Because, Lord, we just want to invite you to speak to us this morning. Help us to know and to understand that you are near. And help us to believe the promise that you've given us that you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, it wasn't my intent at all to put you on the spot this morning with my little survey, uh, but just to demonstrate that if you struggle with feeling the presence of God or feeling that he's near, uh, you are not alone. You know, maybe you have tried praying and you really want to hear from God. You want to feel him uh, like your prayers are making a difference, but maybe it feels like they're just bouncing off the ceiling and that he's not listening, or that maybe he doesn't care. Or perhaps you try to read scripture. You really want to understand it, and you want God to help you to understand it, but you just don't get it. Or maybe you come here week after week, and you see other people. Or maybe you're tuning in, you see other people like experiencing the presence of God. At least they seem like they are. And you just don't feel that moved. And you don't get it. Well, I want you to know that if that is you, you are not alone. I've been there. I've struggled with those feelings at times as well. And listen, as many times as I have felt the God goosies, and as many times as I have felt overwhelmed by the presence of God, there have been just as many times equally that I have been in a situation where I expected to feel the presence of God, and I felt nothing just kind of dead, and even to the point where I would say to myself, what's wrong with you? Now, one of the best things that I love about Scripture is that we can nearly always find an example uh, of someone to relate to through the gods that, words that God chose to relay to us, and this is no exception. For example, David. Now, David, you may remember, was called a man after God's own heart by God himself. David continually wrote psalms about the presence of God. And David helped so many other people experience the presence of God. But even David, we find in Psalm 22, writes, God, why are you so far away from me? I cry out to you and you don't answer. And even Jesus God's own son, when he was suffering agony on the cross of Calvary, cried out, My God, why have you forsaken me? So this helps to establish for us that it's not uncommon for even the godliest of people to feel that God is far away. Or like David, like Jesus, to feel like that he has forsaken us. So what we want to start with this morning is to ascertain this truth. That God is near. Just because you don't feel God doesn't mean he's not near. And how do we know this? Well, we know this from scripture. God is not a God who created this world and then he ran off to some other big thing. No, God created us and he sustains us. He created this world and he sustains this world. And how do we know this? Well, we know this because he tells us so. And if you have your Bibles here this morning, I want to invite you to open them up to Acts chapter 17. If you've got your U version on your phone, open that up. I want us to read this together. Um, you can even open up your Sunnybrook app and it'll be there. Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 28. This is our key scripture uh, for the, our sermon this morning. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. 
And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. I want to pause there for just a moment. That is amazing. God marked out and appointed the time that you are right here in this time in history. This time that you're in the United States of America, that you're sitting right here in Sioux City, Iowa, or wherever you are if you're watching. He appointed this time for you. In 27, he says, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. And here's the important part. Though he is not far from any one of us. And then in verse 28, it goes on to say, For in him we live and we move and we have our being. So we learn from this passage that God is not far from any of us. I mean, if he knows the number of hairs on your head, that's pretty close. I don't think you get any closer to that. You know, I often say when I host here on Sunday mornings that God is here, that he is present. That he tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us. And it's not that there's something special about this building that I would say that God is here. In fact, we're told in that passage of scripture that God doesn't dwell in any temple made by man. But I would say that with confidence because I know that God dwells in us through the Holy Spirit when we put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And when we all gather together in a room like this, the, the Spirit of God is powerfully present. And so we can know that God is near. And, and it may not feel like he is. That, that's, that's a truth, too. You may not feel that. We may, like David and like Jesus, feel like he's far away or that he's forsaken us. But I want you to understand this. And this is our key truth today. That just because you don't feel God does not mean he's not present. Now, let me illustrate this for you. Is anybody familiar with this classic? I was going to say old, but I'll call it classic. Illustration called the fact-faith-feeling trade. Now, this thing takes me way back. We've used it here for years. In fact, if you grew up here at Sunnybrook, you might remember this from youth group. And there's a lot of different organizations that use this illustration to demonstrate that it is God's truth and the promise of his word that are our authority in our life and not our feelings. So you're going to notice on this train there's an engine, which is fact. And fact is that truth, the truth of God's word, the truth of his promise. And that is what drives the train. The engine drives the train. Fact drives the train. Now, faith is the rail car that is you know, propelled on by the engine. And that is our trust in the truth of God's word and the promise that he gives us. And then you'll notice that the caboose is bringing up the rear, and then that's the feelings that sort of follow after the engine and the rail car. Now, we all know this. It's such a simple thing that it would be ridiculous to try to drive the train with a caboose. It's just not going to work. The power is not there. And in the same way, you and I should not be driven by our feelings. We must place our faith in the trustworthiness of God and the promise of of his word to propel us in this life. And all of this, just to say once again, that just because you don't feel God does not mean that he's not present. 
Now, if you need a promise to hang your hat on, I want to give you one today. I want you to walk away with something practical that can help you remember this fact. And in fact, it was written by David. We see his psalm in 16, verse 8, when he says, I know the Lord is always with me. He doesn't say, I hope the Lord is, I'm guessing he is, I'm depending on, no, he says, I know. I know that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right here beside me. Isn't that a great visual? The Lord is right here beside me at all times, in all places. He is absolutely present. And if you memorize that verse, when you're feeling like he's far away, you can be reminded of the truth, the fact that God is indeed with you. But... It's kind of a silly illustration that I want to share with you now because I went through um, a time in college where I was really struggling with a dark season. I felt like God was far away. I wasn't feeling him. I start to waver in my faith, and I really began to question, am I putting my faith and trust to something that's not really real? And I remember during that time, I heard this other illustration that greatly changed me. It was kind of simple, which I guess I need that. But it's always stuck with me, and I thought I'd share it with you this morning. And i, I got to be honest, I'm being a little bit um, vulnerable here because some of you aren't even going to remember what this experience is like. Uh, but it's this, because some of you are so young, um, that God's feeling God, hearing from God, is a lot like a radio wave. Now, before we had music on demand, before we had smartphones that we could just pull anything up, we had radios. Now, some of you remember those things. Um, they ha- we had them in our cars. We had them at home. And here's the deal. We could listen to our favorite songs on the radio when we tuned in to the right station. So the radio waves are kind of always present all around us, but we can't hear them unless we tune in or even turn on the radio. And I remember distinctly even those manual radio dials that you would sort of turn and you'd be listening. There was no sound or crackling until... Voila, you would tune into the right station and you could hear the Eagles and Aerosmith all day long. It was awesome. So good. Well, in the same way, if you are struggling with hearing God, feeling God, experiencing God, maybe there's something that's preventing you from sort of tuning in so that you can hear Him clearly. And so, what do we do about that? Well, I am convinced that Scripture has a lot to say about that. So for the rest of our time together, I'm going to share with you four reasons why you may feel God is far away. And I'm also going to share some possible remedies to that so you're not just left hanging out there. So the first reason that you may feel that God is far away is that you may be over-sensationalizing God's presence. You may be a little bit like the people who were following Jesus in the first century. Uh, We have something recorded in John chapter 6 that they actually said to Jesus. They said, Jesus, what sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Now, the problem with this question was Jesus was doing miracle after miracle to demonstrate his divine identity. He had already done so many signs And yet they were not satisfied with that. They kept wanting more. They wanted to have these supernatural experiences. They were more focused on the wow of what Jesus could do instead of the wow of who Jesus was. They were seeking an experience 
instead of who he really was. And aren't we the same way? I mean, we can also seek after those feelings and experiences. Those God-goosey feelings that we get are not the only evidence of the presence of God. A lot of times we look for signs or supernatural experiences so that we can be reminded that he is who he is, who he says he is. But let me tell you this today and hear me on this. There is no greater sign that any of us need than that Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary willingly. He died to pay the penalty of our sin. And then he was resurrected from the dead three days later. That is all the sign that we need to know that God is present. And Jesus appeared for about, uh, to hundreds of people for about 40 days. And then after he was, or right before he was about to be taken into heaven in his resurrected body, he left us a promise. In Matthew 28, we find this promise. We find this commission that he gives us to go, to make disciples, to live in obedience in him. And then he says these words. He said, I will be with you always. I will be with you always. In the absence of feeling, trust in the words of Jesus. Trust and put your faith in the promise of the one who says, I will always be with you. So maybe you're over-sensationalizing God's presence. The second reason that you may feel that God is far away is that your heart is hardened. Your heart is hardened. Now, Jesus speaks of this as well. We see his words in Matthew 13. He says, For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. They hardly see with their eyes. They've closed their eyes. And here Jesus is sort of making the relationship between a calloused or a hard heart and our ability to see him and feel him. So what causes hardness of heart? Well, I wanted to just share just a few of those really quickly with you, those things that could cause a hard heart. Probably the number one thing that causes a hard heart is unconfessed sin in our life. See, sin always separates us from God. It always puts a barrier between us and God where we can be here, God's here, but we have sin and we will not be able to hear him. It's a little bit like uh, if you try to go out into one of our freezing cold days in, uh, not that I'm trying to bring that on quite yet, let me say, but you know, we have freezing cold days here in Iowa. So what do we do? We put on our clothes, we put on our undergarments and our long johns and our sweater and our coat and a scarf and a hat and gloves. And pretty soon we are looking like Ralphie's younger brother in a Christmas story. We walk out into the freezing cold and what happens? We don't feel anything except stiff because I can't move very well. But that is a little bit what sin does to us. It's like putting on layer and layer and layer, the unconfessed sin. But the good news is, the scripture tells us that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's like God strips away all those layers and we can hear him once again. So, That's one way that your heart can be hardened. Another way that your heart might be hardened is because of pride. Obadiah 1.3 says the pride of your heart has deceived you. And when our hearts deceive us, they cause us to question the sovereignty of God. And before long, just this hardness and this crustiness can kind of set in. That's why it's so important to have someone in your life that you have given permission to speak into your life, to be able to 
tell you the truth about what they see, things that you may not be able to see. So that's another cause for hardness of heart. Another cause is simply harboring unforgiveness. This is probably one of the quickest pathways to a hardened heart is harboring unforgiveness. I mean, holding on to unforgiveness causes bitterness and resentment. And man, that hardness sets in faster than anything. And then one thing that may surprise you that can cause a hardened heart is brokenness. When you experience brokenness, deep pain, a deep wound, maybe from a betrayal, maybe through someone rejecting you, oftentimes we can unconsciously take this inner vow, I will never allow someone to hurt me in that way. I will never be vulnerable. And so we put this shield sort of in front of our heart. And the problem with that is it may keep the painful possibilities out, but it also causes our hearts to become very hardened. But I want to give you the good news in this because Jesus goes on in Matthew 13 to say, when you surrender these things to me, I will heal you. He says, I will take your heart of stone. I will turn it into a heart of flesh. So maybe you've over-sensationalized God's presence. Maybe you have hardness of heart. And the third reason that you may feel that God is far away is maybe God just wants to draw you closer Do you remember Moses and the burning bush? If you recall, uh, Moses saw the bush that was on fire but not being consumed. It was quite far away from him. But what did Moses do? He decided to go over and he was going to take a closer look. He drew near to this place, this peculiar thing that was happening. And what happened when when he did that? Something miraculous. God spoke to Moses. God said, Moses, take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. He drew closer to God, and God spoke to him. God made his presence known. We see in Jeremiah 29 that God says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will let myself be found by you, he says. And James says similarly, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. See, most everything in this world seeks to draw us away from God. We have an enemy who would love nothing more than to distract you from God, to push you away from God. And yet God is always trying to draw us closer to him. And there's an underlying truth here that when you feel empty, then you're driven to do something. Think about it. If your stomach's empty, you're hungry, what do you do? Well, you go get something to eat, right? If you're thirsty, what do you do? You go get something to drink. Because deprivation tends to draw out desire. And so when you don't feel God's presence, what happens? Well, it causes us to start to want him, to start to need him, to start to crave him. And so we come looking. Some of you, that's why you're here today. You have come looking. You've tuned in from home because you have come looking. And God promises, when you come looking for me with all your heart, you're going to find me. I'm going to let myself be found by you. So maybe you're over-sensationalizing. Maybe your heart is hard. Maybe God's just trying to draw you closer. And then the final reason why God may feel far away is this that you have never received the gift of salvation that God has offered through Jesus. Now, we cannot overlook this. Not at all, because 
all of our sin, every single one of us, our sin has separated us from God. And it's only through believing and receiving what Jesus has done on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin that we can be reconciled to God. That was God's plan all along. Paul says this so wonderfully. He sums this up in his letter to the Ephesians. We see this in Ephesians 2. He says, remember that at one time you were separate from Christ. You were without hope and you were without God in this world. Then he goes in and he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. What a great promise. And truly, none of us can experience God's nearness apart from Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is God's merciful provision. Jesus is God's merciful gift to cause us to be reconciled to him. in a wonderful and beautiful gift that that is. And you can receive that gift through a simple prayer. A prayer just acknowledging your sin. A prayer confessing your belief that Jesus Pay the penalty for your sin on the cross of Calvary. And then committing your life to follow him. So as we close today, we're just going to share in a couple of more songs of worship. And I want to give you some time this, mo- this morning to just do some business with God as we worship together. As Amanda said earlier, you can sit in your seat and pray. You can kneel down. Whatever posture that you need to take before God, just do that. And whether you need to just draw near to God so that he can draw near to you. Maybe you need to confess some sin that has just been layered up to where you can't feel God. And you need to repent of that. Um, It's not enough to just say, oh, sorry, Lord. And then just to continue in that sin, you have to turn away from that sin. Um, For some of you, you just need to ask God, would you soften my heart? It's become hard and I need your help. Um, Surrender that to him so that he can soften your heart. And for others of you, maybe today's the day that you need to surrender to Jesus, that you need to give your life to him, that you need to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, I'm going to pray for us that we can experience the present in these moments. Let's pray. Father, we do indeed pray that we could become more aware of your presence. Father, that we could experience the glory of your goodness in these moments, not because we want the experience, but, Lord, because we want to know you and we want your nearness to be evident to us. God, I ask in these moments that whatever may be keeping any of us from feeling you, from experiencing you, from knowing and believing that you are near, would you remove that barrier right now, right here, as we worship together. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, check out our Sunnybrook Unscripted podcast where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. For other talks, videos, and live gatherings, rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Download the Sunnybrook Church app or visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.